Today we're going to be looking at Psalms chapter uh, 119, actually, to, uh, we're going to do verses 89 to 96, and then we'll just kind of dip into 2 Timothy 1, verse 5. So let me read these for you. Uh, Psalm 119 says, Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You established the earth, and it endures. Your laws endured to this day, for all things serve you. For your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, uh, for them, by them you have preserved my life. Save me, for I am yours. I have sought out your precepts. The wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I will ponder your statutes. To all perfection I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. And if we look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, it says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Now, we need to recognize that the church grows through generational faith when we pass things down. And intentional actions. What are some intentional actions that you are doing to share your faith with the next generation of believers, no matter where you're at, no matter where you're at. Uh, and sometimes we think it's an aged thing, and it, not necessarily that. We think, well, if we're an adult, then we can pass it down. But, you know, teenagers can pass down to young kids, and they can, they can, it works that way as well. And as we, as we pass down the faith, and as we pass down uh, our beliefs and, and what we understand, what God is doing, um, it can impact many lives. And the amount of people that poured into my life as a young person um, and as a teenager is amazing, and they pass those things down. Now, did that mean they were always right? Did that mean they were always perfect? No, but they poured into my life, and, uh, and I hope that you are doing the same to others. I don't know if you ever noticed this. When you, when you, how, many, when you, how many have a, a smartphone? So four people have a smartphone? Ah, that's hard to believe. Well, let's just say, what if you have a computer? Do you have a computer? How many people have a computer? So, yeah, all right. So when you, when you download something or when you get an update, there's always this thing at the end that says terms and conditions apply. Or if you buy a car, it says terms and conditions apply. You go in for a sale, terms and conditions apply. What does that mean? It usually means... Everything they just stated isn't necessarily true. It means if you don't read the fine print, they own your soul. You need to be very careful. And what happens when this cell phone that I need so dearly, that has all my personal information in it, by the way, that I'm in trouble if somebody gets in there. When I say Apple's doing an update, I go, yeah, sure. And it says terms and conditions. Of course I accept. I don't read them. They're too long. There's too many things going on there. We, Michelle and I bought a... I'm not going to name the car, but we bought a car, and uh, in this is years ago, and in that car, it, with the deal, there were these terms and conditions. If you get this extra secret coating, this secret coating that will protect your car forever, it'll protect it, well, they said 10 years, but, you know, that's a long time. It'll protect it for 10 years from chips bins, accidental things that happen while you're out there, and so I got, I'm like, well... Yes, Michelle likes to drive into poles and stuff, so let's, let's get that. I think that's a good idea, right? I mean, and, and just in case you're wondering where that came from, we had a house with pillars in the front. She knocked it right down. So it's not, I'm not making this up. You, yeah, no talking from the, you know, no. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be in big trouble at the end of this, but that's all right. 
She knocked the house down. I'm telling you, she bulldozed the whole thing over. We had to get a new... <laughs> Anyways, what happened was I bought this coating because I'm like, let's get some protection from rocks and chips and all that kind of stuff. So I bought it. They sprayed it on. They said how great it was. This is a secret. Nobody knew about it. I didn't know that there was a coating that protected like a force field on Star Trek. I had no idea. So I paid for it. Yeah. What else you got for me? Terms and conditions apply. Let's do it. And they sold me other things, undercoating underneath. That really helped. Nothing. Right. So, so I get my first chip. What? You say? Yes. Now, I'm not blaming anyone else, but what I'm saying is <laughs> it just happened. These things happen. There's chips all over things from dump trucks in front of you, hitting rocks. And they said, oh, yeah, 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 that covers that. So what do we do? We go in. We say, hey, listen, we got some chips. That special coating, I guess, it broke through the barrier. So can we get those repaired? And they're like, well, let me take a look. Oh, yeah. So that type of chip it doesn't cover. I'm like, pardon me? That type of chip. A chip's a chip in my world. A piece of paint is missing. That, therefore, is a chip. I didn't take a hammer to it. It was a rock. They're like, yeah, it doesn't cover that. Well, what does this secret solution that is magical, that stops chips from happening, by the way, it doesn't, what type of chip? Well, well, not those type. Okay, then. Terms and conditions apply. W what do you mean? Oh, well, if you just eat, yeah, you're not from those types of chips. Well, I thought, I thought, I just asked you when I bought this, yeah, the terms and conditions of your secret sauce that's on your car um, is defective. Like, it does, sorry, you, you didn't read it fully, I guess. I went, hmm, okay. So now, when they say, would you like the coating? I'm like, don't ever talk to me about your secret coating. It doesn't work. Oh, no, you don't. No, listen. We bought a car before from you, and you told us that. And when I brought the chip car in, you said it didn't cover it. Well, not those types of chips. Yeah, those are the type I have. Those are the ones I get. Terms and conditions apply. You must be within us. You must buy it or you must, you know, go in and get it sorted out within a certain time frame or be eligible for the benefit. Have you ever done that? Saying, hey, I'm here for the discount or whatever. Oh, yeah. How old are you? Oh, yeah. Sorry. You just, you just missed it. Sorry. Terms and conditions apply. Or you have to spend a certain amount of money and then the super savings kicks in. But how come I spent a super amount and now I have super savings? Well, it's not. You have to spend so much money. If you spend $1,000, we'll give you a whole whopping 1% off. Why? You're so generous. Thank you so much. So there's always these things. The list is never ending in the terms and conditions of what they might be. I don't know if you've ever been on TV and they bring out, this new drug will save your life, except it will probably kill you. Terms and conditions apply. If you take it and you die, it wasn't for you. Sorry to say, you probably fit in one of these horrific diseases that this pill gives you, but it also saves some people. Terms and conditions apply. We are in a world where 
The promises are rarely unconditional. Rarely unconditional. How many have got into, this sounds, this deal sounds too good to be? Why? Because it's not true. It's false. And we run into these problems on a regular basis everywhere we go. So that's why we become blind to the conditions. I accept it could say, we are going to take your firstborn, we're going to take your house, we're going to take everything, and I wouldn't know because I need my phone. Terms and conditions apply. But in Psalms 119, verse 90, the psalmist talks of God's unconditional promise about his faithfulness towards his people. There are no terms and conditions. It's unconditional. His faithfulness will endure from generation to generation, and that's it. There isn't any more to it. That's what it is. That's what an unconditional promise from God looks like. He promises to do something, and then he will do it no matter what. Now, the question for parents today, as we celebrate Mother's Day, and those that are implementing or speaking into our lives, what is is our role in this. Because if God has promised to be unconditional and to love us and be faithful throughout the generations, what is our role if he's already promised to do that? Well, we do have a role. And in our society today, we've lost something where we think we're just going to get it, whatever it is. We just think, you know what, if... if if somebody said this is how it is, then it has to be that way. And then we're shocked when it's not because we didn't do anything for it. We've lost the fact that we have a role. We have a purpose. We have, we have to do something. It doesn't mean that's a condition. But we can't just sit there and wait for things to happen. We have to be active. And Scripture's full of active, active words all throughout saying what we need to do. But God's faithfulness and love is still unconditional. We just... We have to actually respond. We have to respond. So should we actively teach children, whether we have them or not, whether they're ours or not or others, should we teach them faith or passively trust that God will be faithful to them and just take care of them? I mean, of course, we should teach them, but it's a bit like salvation. God makes it clear that he is the one who saves Psalm chapter 3, verse 8, from the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. Yet we are told to go out and be witnesses. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. God says he'll be faithful to all the generations as well. Yet parents are commanded to instruct their children about God. If we look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7. And it says this. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Talk about the goodness of the Lord. Parents need to trust in the promise that God will be faithful to all generations while obeying faithfully God and teaching them about teaching their children about him. In Paul's letter to Timothy, Paul points out that Timothy is a product of two generations of parental faithfulness. Paul tells Timothy that his faith first resides in his grandmother Lois and then in his mother, in his mother Eunice. 
and it, the same dwells in him. And we read that this morning. This is an image both of the faithfulness of God from generation to generation and of parents who are teaching their children the faith. A few sentences later, uh, Paul describes that faith, which Timothy has received, as a good deposit. Somebody deposited something good in their life. And now, now, this may be talking about parents and family, but we can do that. So that, that good deposit's in, in chapter 1, verse 14. So the Greek word is one that in the Greek culture would be used to describe anything that had surpassing beauty in its appearance. As parents, we worry. We worry about our kids about all sorts of things. We worry about finances, our finances. We're about how are kids uh, able to afford anything? How are they going to buy a house? That's been the most recent thing you've seen on TV. How are our children going to be able to buy a house? And, you know, or just basics. And that's important, but that's not everything. You don't have to own, there's no rule that says you have to own a house. That's not a rule. That's a societal thing. Um, parents, we work we work for years to get a place where our finances are stable and we can pass something financially on or materially on to our children. We work hard for that. But what is more important? What is more important? Leaving them an inheritance or passing on a faith in God that, that lives forever? What's more important? And as I said at the beginning of the message, the church grows through generational faith. What are you doing to pass on your faith? But here's the thing. What if you've not been able to pass on your faith? What if, what if you didn't know how to or know that you were supposed to or because you're not a mother or for some reason that I'm not aware of? What if you couldn't or didn't? Well, motherhood or parenthood is not a road that is meant to be walked alone. It's not meant to be walked alone. We, as a church, have a responsibility, but we also have a privilege, a privilege to come alongside those, to come alongside mothers and women who long to be mothers, to encourage and lift them up and to offer physical help as needed. And please hear me, today, there isn't one perfect candidate for being a great mom, or being a great woman, or being a great parent. We all make mistakes. When we had children, we were in our 20s. We made mistakes. It happens. But you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be a stay-at-home mom. You don't have to be a working mother. You don't have to be a married mom. You don't have to be a widowed mom or a divorced mom or a mom at all for God to use you. We're in a time where women are trying to, in society, are, are struggling to take back their power, their Value and all. In my world, it's never been an issue for me. Women are valuable, no matter what. 
and they need to stand by each other. And I'm not talking about an angry woman stand by each other, just like I'm not talking about an angry man kind of thing. I'm talking about a stand up for your rights, do awesome things, pour into other people's lives. It's, it's about being human. It doesn't matter about anything else. God can do anything with anyone, with anyone who is dedicated to him. And you say, ah, oh, there's the terms and conditions. Well, you could call it that, but you probably shouldn't. It's not a term and condition. It's a lifestyle. You know, we, we go to work to pay for things. We don't just sit at home and wait for the ferry to bring us a bag of cash to pay the bills. There is no money tree. I know people have said, well, it's all God's money, and so we should just do it. Well, if you can find me God's money tree, I would have paved the parking lot for $400,000 a long time ago. So if anyone has a money tree, please raise your hand and talk to me after the service. We work at things. We have to be involved. We have to be committed to make things happen. And that's the same with our relationship with God. He will be faithful, and he is faithful, and he loves you, and he cares for you. But we need to do something. We need to respond. I call it more of a response. If somebody comes up and gives you a present, and you just go and walk away, they probably won't do it again. Now, God will, but you're to be appreciative. You have to actually be active. You have to be back and forth for this relationship to be something. It's the same with God. We need to have communication. We need to spend time. So I ask you today, how are you allowing God to use your situation? Whatever it is, whatever situation you're in, women, you are not empowered by how society dictates. You are not empowered by your home, by your house, by your possessions. You are not empowered by your workplace. Girls, teens, you are not empowered by the clothes you wear or the people you hang out with or by how many likes you get on Facebook and the Instagrams and the TikToks and whatever else, the nonsense, the Snapchats and whatever else. You, that does not make you valuable. That does not empower you. You are empowered to your core because of the God-given worth you've been given by him and nobody else. God has a plan of influence for all of you, for everyone, man, woman. But today, you may need to hear that. You may need to hear that God has a plan for you. You are worthy. And don't ever think you're not. It doesn't matter what somebody said in the past, whether it was an ex-husband, an ex-boyfriend, family members. It does not matter what they say because you have the confidence in Jesus Christ. And that's it. You don't need anything else. Is it difficult some days? Yeah, it is. But you don't need anyone else to tell you that you're valuable because God already did. He already did. And the reason why you might not remember is because maybe you're not in it enough to know. If you listen to any powerful speaker, any popular personal empowerment speaker, 
They'll say, stand in the mirror and say, you know, you're amazing. Man, people like you. You're loved. Well, this says that. Yet we'll do it in front of the mirror. This says this about you. And all you got to do is read it. It's there. It's there. What is God's plan of influence for you today? What is his plan? And you're like, I don't know. Well, I just told you that you have worth because God gave it to you. Now, go out and spread that. Go out and spread that. Each individual has worth. Are you fulfilling that influence? If you're sitting at work or at home or whatever, and someone walks by that you know, and you're like, oh, here's just a small little thing. And maybe they're wearing a nice jacket or nice shoes or whatever. You can say to them, hey, I just want to say, I like you. I like your jacket, or I like your hair, or, you know, you have nice eyes, or whatever. I mean, I'm not going to go around saying that because people are going to get creeped out and weirded by some old dude saying, hey, you got nice eyes, so I'm not going to do that. But I'll tell Michelle to. The thing is, a long time ago, Michelle said when she saw something in someone, she wanted to express it. She wanted to come and say, hey, I noticed this about you. That's amazing. And do you know what people do every time? They get mad and storm away. No, they don't. They are shocked because somebody gave them a compliment. That's just one way of of showing influence to others. Pass that along. Pass that along. Hey, I see something about you. You got a glow about you. You got something going on. Or, hey, I see you're having a bad day. What can I do for you? Get them a coffee. Whatever. Do something. What are you doing with your influence? You don't have to be the boss. You don't have to be a manager. You don't have to be the senior person. You can do it wherever you are. You can lead from wherever you are. You can be that person and just impact people's lives on a regular basis. But what happens? We get in the way of ourselves. Our insecurities, our personal insecurities that we all have, everyone has, get in the way and stop us from encouraging others and pouring into other people's lives. It stops us because we're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of all sorts of things. Just do it. And if something happens where maybe it's taken and, and not, you did what you felt you had to do. Jesus died on the cross. He did what he had to do. Somebody not speaking to you for a little while because they're insecure about themselves, they'll, they'll get through it. Pray for them. There's so many things we can do that we just go, Ugh, sounds exhausting, right? After we've just gone through what we've gone through, everything's exhausting, isn't it? Doesn't it seem exhausting? I mean, going to the store is exhausting. I saw someone the other day pull up. I don't know what was I heard yelling and screaming. I mean, we're at a stoplight, and one guy's getting out of his car. He's ready to lay the beats down on this other dude. They're just spazzing on each other. It was, I'm like, it's too early. (laughs) It's too early. What are you guys so mad about? Nothing's even happened yet. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. What's going on? There's just a lot of stress. And I bet you if you say something kind to someone, that'll melt down right away. Your influence is amazing. You just don't realize it. 
So I want to challenge you today. I want to ask you, are you fulfilling it? And if you're not, if you're not doing and, and, and encouraging and leading from where you are, well, then just start. Don't beat yourself up because you haven't or you didn't or whatever. Start. Start now. Maybe you got distracted and you've forgotten how much God loves you and values you and thinks you're worth. And you need to ask yourself, am I still seeking his plan in my life or am I just going through the motion? Am I just going through the motion every day just to get through to the end of the day so I can go to bed and then do it all over again? No. Now, start influencing people's lives for the better. And not personal opinions, but so that they benefit. So that they benefit. It's not about you. It's about others. And so as we pour into other people, you want to have a real influence? Pour into those in your circle of influence. Those people that you work with, that you hang out with. And then that spreads. And you know this. You just need a little reminder sometimes to do it. You are valuable. You are a child of God. He values you. And that's the only thing we need to worry about. Everything else we don't need to worry about it. He's going to take care of that. Maybe you're going through a rough time. This has never said you won't have rough times. The Bible has never said you won't have difficult times. Sorrow, grief, pain, health. Never said that wouldn't happen. But he did say he'd be faithful to the end. Let's pray. Father, thank you. You are faithful in every way. Help us to realize that. Help us to recognize that no matter where we are, you have empowered us because of you've given us God-given worth. And you have a plan of influence for every single person. Every single person. But we do have to do something. We have to respond. And so as we leave here today, let our First action be that of responding to you and you will open up the doors and let us see by your Holy Spirit, let us see where we need to be. Let us see what we need to do to encourage others and to pour into other people's lives. Continue to work on us, Lord. Continue to stretch us and strengthen us. In Jesus' name, everyone said... God bless you. I hope you have a great week. If you check all the social media stuff, I'll be sending stuff from Haida Gwaii on the weekend, so I'll be keeping you posted that way. Uh, it's going to be a good Sunday. I hope you have a great week. Be safe out there. God bless you.